Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Remarkable Parks. If you can believe it, this is actually our first episode of 2022, which is shameful. I apologize for not consistently getting content out there, but I am very happy to be sitting down tonight to record an episode with a cherished guest this evening. Uh, She actually reached out to me to record this episode, and I think it was very fateful and the stars aligned because I have been meaning and trying to find the mental capacity and space to sit down and start consistently recording episodes again. And by her reaching out, she made that possible, so thank you. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I am craving some park content. I <laughs> have been trying to get out and explore some local parks especially over the past few weeks as we are entering spring and getting into summer. And we're going to try to highlight that enthusiasm tonight because we're going to talk about a city park. But first, let me introduce our guest we have this evening. I am so very excited to have Noelle with us this evening, one of my very good friends from uh, my Indiana days. Hello, Noelle. Oh, hello there. Hi. Hello, everyone. I am so, yeah, I'm very excited to be here virtually, virtually in this space. Um, Yeah, I, we've been to a lot of parks together and I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is right. This is just meant to be. (laughs) Yeah, we have been. We, in the great COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic of 2020, we did what any sane person would do, and we road tripped to, what, five different national parks together with some friends? Definitely, at least, yeah. It was so many, but and we did it in such a short period of time. So short. We really packed it all in, yes, and, you know, but wow, so many good memes. So thank you so much for initiating this conversation tonight and, you know, putting some love for parks into the universe because we know that it's never a bad time to talk about parks. Yeah, I I personally don't know what I would do without them. I would probably go a little crazy. (laughs) And so, yeah, I am a big park fan and am excited to talk about them because I love them and we need them. So (laughs) I agree completely. So a little background for those of you who do not know Noelle. Uh, she and I grew up together. Our childhood was largely together <laughs> um, in Zionsville, Indiana. It's a, a little city north of Indianapolis. And I, I don't know, with the park we're talking about tonight, I can't help but think about our track and cross country days. I feel like that's really mm-hmm. where our friendship blossomed. Yeah, the uh, the sixth grade, seventh grade cross country, where we pretend to be like Snape and McGonagall, and you you specifically would go to the high school cross country practices, and you decided to drag me along, and we would walk from the middle school to the high school after middle school ended, and like with our backpacks and everything. Good thing that this is being documented. <laughs> and I yeah, I remember that. Like my backpack was so heavy, and I was like, ah. Oh. Well, no, we're going to say that you said that. I can't believe McGonagall, like, assigned us all this homework. 
and then yeah, we would we would go do extra cross country workouts in high, for the, like, such overachievers. But that was all you. I just kind of tagged along. <laughs> I feel like you just described our in child entire childhood and friendship in one story because I feel like Noelle and I like we're both extremely spontaneous and active and need to be very engaged people and in order to survive the mundane nature of an eight hour school day we would put ourselves largely into like the Harry Potter universe and pretend like we were going to (laughs) classes at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry Uh, I feel like that was really popular we also Mm -hmm. we had a Hunger Games phase we had a a pretty hardcore Divergent phase very much Um, much. but it's so true and (laughs) we bring up running and in these days oh yeah because you need yeah that's what we're talking about parks here we we need parks to run (laughs) what were you gonna say you keep saying what you're gonna say no you're good (laughs) that's exactly where I was going one of the things that we're gonna talk about today um well the main thing we're gonna talk about today is do you want to tell the people what the name of the park is we're going to be talking about the Starkey Park Nature Preserve. And I just automatically went into this British accent because I feel like that's just something that we would do. <laughs> I haven't Absolutely. done that in a while. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And the Starkey Park Nature Preserve, it used to be the cross-country course for Zionsville Middle School where we went to school. And so that's, I think, like the conception of our relationship with this park, but it evolved into... Uh, a love for like hiking too and going on walks as well mm-hmm. yeah and then later in high school we would run it I feel like almost every day nearly and then now when I go back to it and I'm just walking I'm like it's just so different it, the experience is different but it still holds a special place in my heart yes I do miss it and I was so glad that you had the idea to talk about this park um So this is an 80-acre park located about a quarter mile southwest of the village, which is Zionsville's downtown area. It is the largest park in Zionsville, and it's named after Lucille Starkey, who gave a major portion of the land to um, the town of Zionsville in 1974 to use as a nature park. It's really infamous because it's located along Eagle Creek, and it offers really gorgeous scenic beauty and hiking trails and places for nature study. There's, there's benches where you can rest along <laughs> the trails. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people go down for running because it is a great way to get out of the hustle and bustle of the main streets of Zionsville and down into a, a space that feels um, like you're in the forbidden forest and you're secluded. <gasps> Yeah, yeah. it's probably one of the only interesting facts, though. I actually didn't know that about the whoever, like, you know the name of the donation and everything. It makes me want to know, like, more about her. But um, you, It's funny you say that because I looked. I looked to find some more information, and I will say I did not look extensively. Mm-hmm. But on the surface level, level Lucille Starkey is a mysterious woman. Mm. So I, as far as I know, she was just a woman who owned a large portion of land and wanted it to be used as a public park area and so she donated it but other than that I have no idea anything about this woman curious and curiouser also go women go women just a side note uh, we'd like to say go women this podcast is sponsored by women 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I would condone that. Um, wait, what, what were you saying before that? Well, I was just dropping some knowledge on you about this park. park. I think something that makes this park so popular is not only the seclusion from the, you know, the main, I think I said hustle and bustle of Zionsville, but the park also connects to what is called the Big Four Rail Trail. And from that rail trail, you can get pretty much anywhere in Zionsville with that trail system. And they're actually yeah. currently expanding it right now to Whitestown, Whitestown yeah. to another town. Um, so I think that's a big reason. Like, I could actually, mm-hmm. in my childhood home, I could get to Starkey Park if I ran, biked, whatever, about seven and a half miles to the trails. And mm-hmm. I, I, it's incredible to think how often, like, I did that, you and I did that, mm-hmm. uh, biking, running, hiking, like... It was constant. We did not stop. Yeah. And, like, I lived farther away, so, like, I remember biking or, like, yeah, and, like, having to get to the library. And when we would do it from my house, it was, like, insane. But I think that is, like, especially in, like, a town that is very, very car-centric. Yeah, you're right. I think that is, like, what's so, like, neat about it and, like, actually makes it accessible. Because it is, like, it's not just, like, a run-of-the-mill, like, in the middle of town. There's, like, a park with, like, it's definitely, it's not, like, a park that is, like, a green space that's really open and uncomfortable. It's, like, yeah, it's actually, like, wooded and secluded, Mm -hmm. and you can get to it with a rail trail, which is, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's, the rail trail itself is a paved trail, but once you get down into actual Starkey Park. It is largely dirt or gravel trails, and I would recommend visiting the park in either the summer or the fall because that's when you get the full effect of the tree coverage and you feel like you are immersed in a place other than central Indiana. (laughs) Yeah. Well, To Indiana's credit, though, there are a lot of really beautiful parks, especially, mm -hmm. um, you know, in southern Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, especially, yeah, like, I live in, you know, Bloomington now, and it is, like, so beautiful, and it's not just, like, the cornfield vibe. Yeah, yeah. I also was going to mention, for those who would like to check out this park, it is restricted to humans only, meaning no bicycles, but you can also bring your dog, so I guess not humans only. Yeah. I take that back. I was gonna say no machines, but a bicycle isn't even a machine. I feel like it might be. Um, so no, no bicycles, no rollerblading. That would be impossible because there's yeah, lots too of, muddy. Yeah, lots of mud, lots of roots that stick up from the ground. Um, you can bring a pet along, but they must be on a six foot leash, um, which is super important because it is a really well traveled trail especially Mm -hmm. by the sports teams in the middle school and high school and if your dog is off leash like someone's gonna trip (laughs) someone's going down yeah Um, I did I do take a risky move when I'm there with Sir Tedward and I was on a run with him you know and he's actually really good he he stays on leash but you know I'll I'll just I'll drop the leash a little in case you're wondering (laughs) (laughs) he's a little mini poodle who does get growly, so the leash is important, but I do let the leash go down, and he'll run next to me sometimes, when just like I'm on that trail, like if I'm on, like, you know, it needs to be a trail that has, like, trees on both sides, otherwise he'll just go everywhere else, but since Starkey has trees on both sides, and it's a straight line, 
Teddy's Teddy's golden. You heard it here first. <laughs> Noel is a rule. This breaker. is really great <laughs> <laughs> podcast content here. Uh, God, no, you know, I, I think that if you have, if if there is not heavily trafficked yeah. trails, and you know you're the only one there, I'm sure you can make an educated decision and mm-hmm. with your dog. Uh, other features of the park, you can get a fishing license, and there's some fishing opportunities along Eagle Creek. They actually very recently redid some of the trails close to the creek due to erosion, and there is a bunch of sand that they have imported in. I don't know hmm. where, and it's kind of packing along the waterfront, and you can fish, but remember, you need to get a fishing license. Um there is also lots of parking opportunities. Um, if you know of the neighborhood Sugarbush, that is a great place to park. Um, and then the other mm-hmm. entrance would be through the village. I don't know exactly how else to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> the hill that we did hill workouts on. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, what's that? I believe it's called... Mulberry? No, no. that's not it. No. Hawthorne. No. Hickory. No. Oak. Ah? Nope. No. What was that hill called? It's a tree, probably. It probably was. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was oak. (laughs) No, I don't remember. It definitely was. They also recently... Sorry, my... This is dangerous, because Noelle and I, both of our brains work like... um, rapid fire of like here's my new thought that i have let's drop what i was talking about and start the new thought and not finish the last thought yeah and let's finish the last thought five minutes later when everyone else has been forgotten <laughs> uh i was going to say so when noelle and i used to, back in the day when we used to use this trail system when it i used was to a be, young warthog <laughs> it used to be the red trail which was the yes. short loop and the green trail which was the long loop uh, now there is actually six different trails that are labeled in color and in number. So trail one is the teeny tiny trail. There's a couple teeny tiny trails. Uh, and many of these trails connect. So this is where I think the new trail system is a bit confusing, but I mm-hmm. think it's because I'm used to the old one. Uh, but trail one is 0.4 miles. Trail two is about one mile. Trail three is 0.35 miles. Trail four is 0.26 miles. Trail five, uh, which is a complete loop, is 0.59 miles. Trail six is 0.09 miles. To which I have to ask myself, why make a trail six if it's only 0.09 miles? Yeah, I don't know. I think they were trying to increase the, like, like, make you feel like you have more options. Because it is a really small area. Like, it let's is. be frank. Um, you know, it used to feel a lot bigger when we were smaller. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more the older you get, the more you realize it's pretty small. So maybe they're just trying to give, like, the optical illusion of, like, you know. And it's interesting <laughs> because when you enter, that's a really good point. I bet you that is part of the reason why they did it. Uh, and the trail markings were adequate at best back when we used to use the trails. And also, it's interesting because when you enter Starkey Park, there is a half-mile, very wide gravel trail, but then to actually go down into the woods, you have to take a really 
really impressive like ramp, mm-hmm. wooden ramp actually. Um, and that's where these trail markings begin. Uh, I think this is a really good transition for us to talk about the one time. Uh, yeah, our experience on the previous markings and what happened to us. I'm gonna let you kick off the story. Well, yes. So how I mentioned it all seemed bigger, you know, like when we were younger and we were still new to these trails. It was like completely new to me. And we're jogging, we're jogging for what feels like forever. And a completely new place, huge. I'm in the woods. This is before the time of cell phones. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I don't necessarily know exactly. We definitely were like, okay, we should start realizing that we should start heading back. I do feel like we intentionally, when we started, we were like, let's do something new and run backwards or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's enter a way I think we've you're never right. gone before. And eventually we got so lost that we had to, like, start, like, trying to find someone to, like, help us. And I remember, and I could, I feel like I missed a lot of steps that maybe you can fill in. But I just remember that we found someone and this lady was like, just follow the river. And it felt so like she was not old. She was young. Um, But I feel like it's like that moment where you have like someone come to you and they give you sage advice. And we, yeah, we were able to follow the river back and we found the bridge, which led us to the ramp. By the way, that ramp someday is going to go. So you should go before it falls. Um, So (laughs) every day it's like, okay, is today the day? Um, and yeah, wow. and start our run home. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna embellish the story a little Please bit. Please do. Because Please do. I remember it much more catastrophic slash heroic. Yes, um, I know it was. It really was. Yeah, it really was. So we were at this point probably somewhere between the ages of like 12 and 14, maybe younger, maybe like a little younger than that. Mm-hmm. And we. First off, we made several mistakes. We didn't tell anyone we were going to go on this run. Like, I think they knew that we were out and we were together, but we mm-hmm. didn't tell anyone that we were going to go yeah. down on these trails. Doesn't surprise me. And we made a choice to go backwards and, like, completely the little markings that there were, we just disregarded them because we wanted to go on an adventure. We wanted to do <laughs> something new. And we were running and we were singing. And... We had, like, our, our little Timex watches on, which all those do is tell the time. And I remember mm-hmm. we were approaching, like, close to an hour and yeah. thinking, like, oh, it's, it's probably about that time to, like, head back. And I just d- distinctly remember a moment of my face getting hot and my cheeks tingling and my stomach dropping and realizing, oh, my God, we're lost. <laughs> And I remember, like, the panic, even though it's, like, again, to even though I just read how small this area is, yeah, it felt, like, never-ending. I mean, it, it was summer, too, so it was thick trees, and you couldn't see anywhere but the, the tr- dirt trail you were on. And I remember the waves of panic, like, I would panic, and you would be calm, and then you would panic, and I would be calm. It would, like shift back and forth I don't know if you remember that but that's like how I remember it. I remember that better now that you like said it I hadn't like really remembered that but I yeah. do feel like I specifically remember kind of like yeah like running around trying to be like yeah no 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 like I remember this kind of thing and then especially I feel like my biggest thing like thinking about this is the fact that I feel like we would always kind of yeah probably go until we realized 
oh, we like, I wish we were already home kind of thing. So I feel like that was part of my fear that we still had to like, not only get out of the park, but probably like keep going. And am I making it up that the sun was probably setting or I might be dramatizing it? Post- no, I, I do like <laughs> remember the sun was setting because I think we went after school. And I mm-hmm. also remember that we would like pick a direction and we'd be like, nope, this isn't it. And we'd change yeah. directions. And we'd be like, nope, this isn't it. And we would change directions. <laughs> Um, and then I do remember finally finding the water and like seeing that woman and be like, ma'am, ma'am, <laughs> ma'am, like, and like, r- like rushing her and being like, like, please, like, we need to find the ramp. And I do remember her saying like, follow the water. Mm-hmm. I feel like also I remember her like throwing down some crystals and, and she disappeared into a thick mist. Like, no, I'm just kidding. But I remember after we found her, we were like less than 200 feet away. We were, it felt like kind of stupid, like not not stupid. Stupid is a strong word, but it felt like we were the dumbest people on the planet. Cause it was like very clearly the exit of the trail was directly in front of us. But I think it speaks to no Mm -hmm. matter if you're doing a beginner trail or an advanced Mm -hmm. trail, no matter how remote it is or how long the trail is, you can get lost and panic like will blind you from your directions. So I, I wanted to take this opportunity to give some tips that I wish someone would have told younger me. Uh, that beautiful. The, yeah. That the U S department of agriculture, the forest service says, um, if you get lost. So first off, you should plan before you go hiking or running Um, and you need to make sure you're bringing water with you. Um, if you don't have a plan for how long you're going to (laughs) go, um, you know, or food, if you're going for a long time, um, you might want to bring a GPS device, which again, back, back in the day was not as easy, but if you have a phone, just bring your phone. Uh, however, I will say sometimes cell phones don't work because of a lack of signal. So if you're really going on a long hike, bring a compass, um, look at the map. You, you know, study the terrain before you go and plan your route and tell someone where you're going. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if, if you are going to be going at dusk when it's going to be evening, make sure you're bringing a light. Look at the weather conditions. Make sure you're wearing the appropriate clothing. Um, if you're doing a longer hike, uh, bring additional clothes in case your gear gets wet. If you're thinking that it might go overnight, bring a blanket, um, you know, can, mm-hmm. you can never, you're always going to be glad that you brought more, exactly. uh, you know, extra pair of socks. Ooh. Um, and then like the, the website says check in with the local ranger district or forest office for special warnings. But like, if you're doing a local hike, just tell someone where you're going. Like, mm-hmm. and they, you know, uh, and then I kind of had to giggle when I read their next steps. If you, um, do know that you're lost. Um, the, the most <laughs> important tool is keeping a positive mental <laughs> attitude. <laughs> so it says panic is your greatest enemy, which is like the truth. I, this is like the most truthful words. <laughs> uh, like as soon as you realize you're lost or you might be lost, yeah. stop, stay calm, stay put and think, go over in your brain. How did you get here? Where are you? What landmarks can you see? Um, don't move unless you have a specific plan 
or Ooh. knowledge of where you are. Like, take time to observe. Get out your compass or your directions and uh, do not walk aimlessly around. <laughs> if you're on a trail, stay on the trail. Um, don't try to cut through because you think you see something. Um, as a, like a, a very last resort, you can follow drainage or streams downhill. Um, it's often a difficult path, but it could lead to a trail or a road. This can be very dangerous, so it should be like your absolute last resort. But, but now you'll remember, if you're listening yeah. to this and you are really, really lost, follow the river. Yeah, follow the water. <laughs> um, if you are, ha- like, we were probably only lost, I'm guessing, for less than 30 minutes. Probably yeah. not even that long. I mean, in, in the memory, it feels much yeah. longer. Um, I would give it 20. Yeah, probably 20 <laughs> minutes. But if you are lost for hours or, God forbid, days... Um, stop and rest when you start to feel tired. Don't wait until you're exhausted. Um, this is also super interesting. Your body cannot hike hard and digest food at the same time. So make sure you're resting in the shade for at least 30 minutes when you stop to eat. Um, make sure you're drinking a lot of water and avoid hiking between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. on hot days because dehydration um, it's interesting. It's like dehydration and hypothermia are like opposites, but mm-hmm. both will kill you like <laughs> very easily. <laughs> um, so those are some tips from the Forest Service. Thank you, U.S. Department of Agriculture. <laughs> I feel like there's a saying that I always say about hydration, and now I'm blanking on it. I'm just there. We go. Hydration or dehydration? <laughs> hydrate or dehydrate? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me think of what we all always used to chant when we were running. When we were like. Car, car, C-A-R, C-A-R, move to the side or you'll be tar. Tar, tar, T-A-R. <laughs> I, just, I mean, we would run for like 10 miles and we would sing and chant. And now I'm like, no. oh, I can't get out of bed. My back can hurt. I know. I'm only 24. What happened? I don't know. I am feeling very similarly because I, I called you about Starkey Park because I went to Starkey Park to jog. And I I had to... I'm, I can't lose where I'm sharing this information, but I mean, yeah, like we used to just be bounds of endless energy. And now I was like, it was a walk. It ended up being a walk. It was supposed to be a jog, but it, it was a it was a nice walk a walk. though. <laughs> yeah. Walk. And yeah, but it was nice. Sometimes I mean, you have to go slower so you can appreciate the spring flowers poking out. So we've known each other for the better part of a decade. So you can appreciate what I'm about to say. But people that I have met, like, in college or in Oklahoma mm-hmm. post-college, I tell them, like, wow, I've really, like, toned down. I'm so much calmer than I used to be. And they, they think I'm joking. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't understand. Like, I used to be a ball of energy. And they're like, you are still. And I'm like, no, no. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's so funny. But you know. Like, I do know. Like I really do know. So much energy. The community of Zionsville, community schools, and all of the educators that had me in their classroom. It's very <laughs> impressive, the amount of energy. Oh. All right. That's awesome. Um, we only have a few minutes left, but I wanted to take the time we have left to talk a little bit about the city of Zionsville, specifically the village, and talk about some, like, Places that you would recommend a uh, nature explorer or hiker in the area mm. to check out, like restaurants or attractions. I can start if you don't have one. Please do. 
<laughs> okay, so some place that I would recommend is My Sugar Pie. It's on Main Street, and if you like pie, you should go there because they have really yummy, you guessed it, pie. <laughs> wow. Um, another place um, that I really like to go to if you're going on a morning hike, the best brunch on Main Street, in my opinion. Do you know what I'm going to say? Rosie's Place? Rosie's Place! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really think they have a great quiche, and I'm a sucker for a good quiche. Hmm. Quiche. <laughs> quiche. Who knew? Um, I don't have that many suggestions. I mean, I would I would probably, I guess I would suggest, I can't, uh, I worked at the Scoop for a few years, so after you go hiking and you want a nice ice cream scoop, um, you can choose between Dairy Queen across the street or the Scoop, which is more of a local place. Um and they've got some good ice cream. They've got Graham Central Station, but it's going to be, it's, it's a little bit more expensive. Dairy Queen is where we'd actually always go after our runs <laughs> such hikes. So that's where we'd actually go. So if you're going to go the true route, the Z Crew route, probably Dairy Queen. I'd recommend Dairy Queen. <laughs> the old squad. <laughs> uh, if you are just doing casual hiking and you're looking more for attractions and local boutiques, Check out Leslie Jane. It is a higher-end clothing area, but she is local, and it's, like, pretty impressive. That's where all of the rich white Zionsville women go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) If you want an authentic Zionsville experience, go to Leslie (laughs) Jane. (laughs) I do remember, though, everybody on, like, our runs, like, we'd go past it during, like, prom dress season shopping, and I feel like, like, at one point, this, there was somebody who was like every single day they needed to go and look at this certain dress in the window. They do have really pretty window displays. Uh, they are pretty expensive. Uh, oh yeah. I was just like, never shopped there. <laughs> nothing to love. Nothing but love for the people of Zanzo. But I speak only the truth. It is. I think it would actually be doing a disservice to not note it. <laughs> that it is. Yeah. It would be bad. Journalism. It is what it is. Your degree in journalism. <laughs> that would be bad journalism to not talk about yeah. it, right? Especially, yeah, just more and more so all the time. Just, like, yeah, like, going back and realizing, like, oh, my. There's some really interesting antiques and uh, boutiques and what's the, what, galleries, like, art galleries and jewelry and crafts. Uh, The last place I will tell you to check out, which I really love and is close to my heart, is the Black Dog Books Shop. Mm -hmm. It's a local bookstore, and there is the owner's dog, little black lab that is always in there and always down for belly rubs belly rubs i really like it they have a really good selection of journals and old maps so it's i basically just wanted to live in there after we were done with our harry potter themed runs just go into the old shop with maps and journals <laughs> that mm-hmm. was our life <laughs> you can never have too many maps and journals that's a fact I feel like, you know, those this this is two genres of people, like, you know, the outdoor enthusiasts and the fantasy readers, you know, but they overlap in so many ways. Anyone <laughs> can love to hike. It's true. <laughs> Any closing thoughts, Miss Noel? Um Let's see. I definitely yeah, I just want I think yeah, just people realizing 
that like even though small parks are like they could just be overlooked and you know not seen as important i just think that they actually are so important otherwise like if we didn't have them like yeah just like i feel like there's so much you know term word buzzword biodiversity and you know we have to keep these places that are actually beautiful and make indiana beautiful indiana is beautiful but like we just have a bunch of suburbia that yeah no i I think you hit the nail on the head it's really important to treasure the local hot spots especially the ones that we have such strong memories attached to because that love translates into your adult life and it makes you have a greater appreciation and love for the nature around you all right well thank you so very much for joining me on the podcast for joining us here today on remarkable parks uh as always please 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 for the latest information give us a follow at remarkable parks podcast on instagram and facebook thank you all so much for tuning in and listening we will see you next time bye